Hey everybody, welcome to the Grubthusiast Grubcast. Uh, uh, first uh, episode in a long while. Uh, you know, the uh, COVID has kind of put a, a bit of kibosh on the eating out. Put a damper on things for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And w- even when you do eat out, it's COVID eating. Yeah. You know, and... Um, it's I a don't strange... Know. It's, it's, it's a, a strange, strange... way to go out and eat. Yeah. And, and it's not... You know what I think is there's a combination of things going on. You have uh, the plastic, clear, Lexan, you know, uh, screens that everybody has in between everybody. Yeah. And then the, they go through the concept of you have to walk uh, to walk into the restaurant with a mask on, mm-hmm. right? Right. As if that's, you know, according to the, to the doctors and to Fauci, is it really doing much? I mean, yes, it's preventing you from spitting on somebody. Mm-hmm. It's preventing you from mouth kissing some, the stranger. Uh, it's preventing you from... Uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, like you said, it's just helping in, in a way where you're not spitting all over everybody. Okay. So that... that okay, that's good. But, okay. But I get you. No, because no. Because now you're sitting down at a table. Okay, but see, then you have to eat, right? Or right. sip. And that has to come off. So that has to come off. Mm-hmm. And then you were, we're all pretending that when you're eating, you're not breathing and you're not and spitting. You're and you have to hope that when you do sit down at this table, that the person, persons, you know, that were there before you... If they, of course, spit all over the table, so to speak, right? All their little... So to speak, you know, in fact. Well, not spit, right? That's not the word. Well, you know, little... little, The the particles, the molecules. When I speak, I get excited, all right? Little globules of spit, you know, do pop off sometimes. are the people in the restaurants really, truly cleaning them and disinfecting it? I mean, are you talking about... Are you talking about the tables and the thing? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, see, then it's, it's stupid and pointless. Well, what's even dumber is that you have to walk into the restaurant and then with the mask on. And then the moment you get there, you take it off, and that's somehow fine. And uh, and then you're touching the utensils and the tables and all. I mean, the napkins and and no one's been breathing on that, you know. So well, and then yeah, you, that's my point. And it's then like you leave they, the table, you have to put the mask back on. And yeah, and like I said, then you have to hope that that server cleans that table for the next person. It, I, it's I all just, a, it's a sham. It's a sham. Yeah, it's a shambolic it's just, situation. Uh, so uh, the the kibosh has been put on the old that eaten out. We've been out a few times. Uh, yeah. Went to went to Miko Sushi, yeah, uh, which was delicious, but odd. Okay? Right, and again in a situation where it's like, okay, well, we're just basically we're just gambling, right? We're we're rolling the dice and hoping that we're not going to get sick. And we went and and I had to laugh because you'd have to. You'd I, have I to. had to because it's was like, it, of course, the these guys are the, the the sushi chefs. They have their masks on, yeah, but they're below their nose. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pointless. So I'm like, really? What's what's the point of it if you're not going to put that on your nose? And even then, come on, let's like you said, you think they're not going to breathe or? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we, we've been out a few times. We've been, I've been to this place called the Dog House out in uh, in San Mar oh, Vista. Okay, the Dog House. The Dog Is that House. Hot dogs. Now, yeah, that's interesting because this place in Vista, I think it's like in the that new that nice uh, old town area, you know, like uh, where the flying pig is. Yeah, just over the street. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, th- like Main or uh, Broadway, I think it's a Broadway street there. Anyways, I went there and on a recommendation uh, because this uh, this guy, Corey Holm at, uh, at uh, Corey Holm Fabrication, who just did amazing work Shout out on, to Corey. on my 58 Apache that I've been, had been sitting for 14 years. Um, they did some amazing work, and he says, "He says, have you had the bad mother clucka?" <laughs> I'm like, "What?" 
<laughs> he says, yeah, there's a there's a place called Bad Mother Clucka down in uh, in Vista. I was like, yeah. So I looked it up under under that name, and it came up sort of. But then I get there. It's actually called the Dog House and spelled, uh, you know, dog, H-A-U-S-E, ah. I think. Uh, really nice little contemporary place, you know, uh, lots of beer, you know, tap beer, uh, nice little patio setting, very, very fresh and clean looking, right? So they have outdoor dining so you could go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but again, still with the masks, yeah, yeah. you know, <sighs> yeah. So, um, but I ordered the bad mother clucka. Of which I've made now at home, because yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean? It's uh, it's essentially four uh, buns of King's Hawaiian bread. Buns, four you know, buns. The, the four oh, those yes, four yes, Hawaiian yes. bread yes, rolls. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. But they keep it together, uh-huh. like, you know, and then they make their own sauce. Oh, so that what, you made those chicken sandwiches? Yes, oh. the bad mother clucka. Well, damn, mother those, clucka. Those were, and and good. my and mine not mine is not even exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, chicken breast, like a, you know, kind of flattened out mm-hmm. and breaded, nice. Mm-hmm. And then they make their own sauce, a little bit of lettuce on those Hawaiian rolls, uh-huh. and uh, oh, the pickle, and which I made the mistake when I didn't when I served those sandwiches that night. I did not put the pickle, and not but, until the pickle went in was it just masterful. Well, okay, but your kids didn't didn't miss the pickle and they loved it the way it was and i personally enjoyed it too i did mention to you oh this would be good with a pickle yeah. and then once i put that in yes you're right it took it up a notch but they were good either way yeah and then used uh, what did you use Who, which pickle did you use what what uh what beautiful uh, company did you i use? used pickle wagon pickles pickle the wagon best pickles. pickles oh my god best pickles in all of creation so good i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we just happen to have them yeah. um uh, so uh, yeah, that chicken sandwich was great, mm-hmm. you know. And and and, and my sauce, I think I used a little sriracha, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of cupy um, uh, mayo, the Japanese mayo. Oh really? Okay. And uh, I think what else did I put in there? I don't know. Did you put any sort of cream or anything like that? Other than the, uh, other than the mayo, no. Okay. I think I did something else though. I don't recall I'm sure what you it is seasoned now. it somehow. I or did another. something, yeah, salt and pepper. But yeah. it was good. Oh, you know what I was. Uh, I think I did. I put pickles, like uh, chopped pickles in it. I don't remember. But I'm going to do it again soon. What do you mean soon? I thought we were going to have that today. We, are, we, we might could. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw some chicken in the fryer and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the dining out's been kind of messing us up. And uh, as much as I'd love to go out and eat, uh, it's just it's more trouble than it's worth right now. It's not. Yeah. It's just not as enjoyable. You no. go and you're you're really... I mean, me. I'm on edge, you're right, and uncomfortable yeah. with the whole situation. And it just makes for a not as, you know, relaxed dining experience. So I, I think you're you're kind of, you know, tensed up about the whole potential of being sick. Right. And you don't know who's doing what. Right. And, and I can see, you know, with the people when you're in the restaurant, how the servers or how the chefs or whatever are, if they're not wearing their masks properly, you know, yeah. like you're really putting yourself at risk I mean, and it, it, regardless if you're in there you don't know if they've cleaned those tables down before you got there you just well, don't know don't don't get me on the conspiracy theory because i will sit here and rattle on about how i don't know what's happening with all this but anyways uh so s- since we haven't been eating out that much um we're having to eat home right which i 
am a fan of. Yeah, it was and great. I know I know you're yeah. going to say yes, you're a fan yeah. of it because you don't cook. I, I would, be, I, I, would I, agree. I would be a fan too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If I had a, somebody who was cooking for me all the time, making interesting stuff and mm-hmm. I mean even if it's not interesting, right? Mm-hmm. It's just there. Yeah. You know, that's if I could ha- if I had anybody, like if I had my own, you know, I wouldn't say personal chef, but I'm saying, you know, somebody who's always cooking if you had a you. A hot meal <laughs> that you could get any time. Something that, and, and often, you know, every other every third time is pretty good, you know? Every third time what? It's that it's, the food's pretty good, you know? The, I, I, okay, look, the other day I, I uh, was watching uh, Bourdain, right? Mm-hmm. And it was no reservations. And uh, they were it was a technique show, which I'd never seen on no reservations. And so I thought it really, really cool, you know, to... Because to, to, what, he, what he did is he had, uh, he had a bunch of his friends... And they filmed, you know, them at their, you know, businesses, the restaurants or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, he, he wanted to do a technique show that would pretty much talk about the basics of everything. You oh, know? how to cook things. You know, how to make your own French fries. Oh. Right. How to make your own hamburger and what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. Right. Um, I saw somebody do a, that big old thick, I don't know what it was. If it was a steak. It looked like a It was a, a rib, a bone in ribeye. Like a tomahawk. Yeah. It was so fast. Yeah. And the cooking, the way he did it, you know, obviously it's a long process, but there was a technique to it and how long you cook it and then letting it rest for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And yeah. So. Gore, I mean, yeah. And so it was, I, I've just been watching the show over and over, you know, because uh, th- threaded throughout the individual segments, you know, the one on the hamburger, one on the fries, one on the tomahawk. He's he's in the process of making um, boeuf bourguignon, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's saying basically, if you don't have much in the way of technique or skill, you can't screw this up. You know, you could, which I did, mind you. <laughs> I screwed it up royally <laughs> the first time I tried it, and uh, this is just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I went out to the store and I was uh, down at the Ralph's, and I was going to make this dish. And what it essentially is, if you don't know, it it's a, it sounds much fancier than it is. It's a it's all uh, in the name, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a French name. Yeah, French name, and I bet you it was Anything made. French sounds fancy. It was probably made <laughs> back in the day of you know there were kings of France, you know, and they made this you know, d- delicious dish, and it didn't seem like much, you know. But it, uh, to the preparations, how many ingredients are there? There's Three, the beef. Four. There's salt and pepper. There's um, carrots. There's uh, cheap red wine, mind you. I mean, it could be. It's really made bourguignon. I guess is burgundy. Bourguignon is from Burgundy, yeah. and you're supposed to use burgundy wine. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there are cheap burgundy wines. I mean, there's like sure, that. Yeah, 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 there's the the jug wine, right? <laughs> yeah, which he uses. Oh, really? Yeah, he uses the the you know the big gallon jug of red. <laughs> okay. You know. And uh, he's, you know, you know how he is. He's, he's very dry and he's trying to make it sound like, you know, it's, this is a really easy dish. You know, if you have no skill, just it's very simple, you know, but it's <laughs> with, where the technique in lies, the subtle little things that you're supposed to be picking up on. And he's explaining those. So, it, it, you know, if, if you've cooked it all, it sounds a little, you know, like a little, uh, you know, rudimentary. You know, the way he explained it, because he's saying, hey, look, you know. It's simple, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, this is easy. You, yeah. <laughs> it's really simple. You can use any. He's like, you don't have to use the special wine. You can use this and do that. So, but you, but I did screw it up. Well, it, that's what happens when you're 
not there and probably drinking. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, I was having <laughs> I was having a pop or two, and I was making uh, those those preparing the food for the uh, the uh, bad mother clucker, or I'm going to call it uh, uh, the Jack Rilla special. That's okay. what I'm going to call this sandwich I'm making at home now. Uh, but it is it is essentially a copy of the uh, version of the Bad Mother Clucker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was making that. I was preparing some stuff for that. And then I, I was and then I was in the front room watching the box whilst that, you know, the uh, I thought it was going to be fine. I had it had it in a roasting pan, electric roasting pan. And I'd cut up all the chunks of beef, you know, because you're, you're buying a I think you're buying a beef shoulder, you know, a big uh, a shoulder roast beef mm-hmm. and then you know you chop you you know big chunks you know two by one two by two you know yeah, yeah. just random and then you season them up salt and pepper right good a good generous amount and you throw some oil in the pan big roasting pan mm-hmm. on the stove and you just brown them right and then when you're browning them uh you're kind of just tossing them around in there and then you take them out and what's what's left is a little brown bit stuck mm-hmm. to the pan Mm-hmm. Then you you know you sweat out your onion, so just so it's like translucent, and uh, then you, uh, you you deglaze with the wine, you know some red wine. And he used you know the the, the what is it Palmasan, you know the the jug wine. Mm-hmm. One, I think it's one step up from Ripple. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if they sell Ripple anymore. But Do you they sell Ripple? I was gonna say you didn't use that. You don't even have that. No, no. I, I ended up buying some really cheapo. Oh, you did seven fifty of. Uh, I don't even know what it was. Oh, I didn't even know you bought it. Claude okay. Bois. I don't know. <laughs> you know, or something. It, I think it just said red wine on it, you know. And okay. so I used that. But I, I should have bought the jug in hindsight because I'm going to make it again. Mm. And so you have the, the sweated onion. You got the, the beef chunks that are browned. And then you have the red wine. And then, you know, he was saying, you know, if, if, if we're doing the restaurant, I would, I would, he would take the time to, you know, throw the carrots in at the right time. Right. Because you don't want them overcooked. But he was like, well, you know, when is, when is there an overcooked carrot in a stew? You know, It's supposed to be overcooked, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, well he, he, wanted, a, he, he wanted a little structure. You know? Okay. So when you bite into it, there's a little, just there's a little, a little resistance. Okay. So anyways, he, he threw them in there at the same time with the onion, the carrot, and the uh, beef and the wine. And so that, that's it. That's the ingredients. Now, in my mind, I would love to throw some garlic in I there. I was going to say, you didn't put any garlic. Well, see, in mine, here's the thing. So... I didn't trust it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, well, the, let's say it this way. The first night when I was making the bad mother clucker for dinner and making yeah. the, the, just, I was going to have this dish on the side uh, is when I got distracted and left it and then the wine dried out and then it, it charred the meat, right? Mm-hmm. Ruined the meat. So I had to toss it. Well, I gave it to the dogs. Dogs loved it. <laughs> but the, um, the, when I did it better, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't faithful enough to follow it to the end. So I cheated. And uh, what I did is I took some uh, tomato sauce. What are you supposed to do? Well, here's that. Well, you're not supposed to do any of what I'm just telling you. That's what I'm <laughs> So what, oh. what's, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to let that dish simmer down mm-hmm. and thicken up. Mm-hmm. And with the, the fat from the meat and the carrot and the seasoning and the, and the wine, as the wine, the liquor burns off of the wine. You just get that complex flavor. Mm-hmm. But you really have to let it go and go and go and go and go. So there was a point when I had let it go as far as I thought I was, you know, I was able to. And I wasn't tasting what I wanted to taste. 
So that's when I started. I said, look, you know what? When I was in school, they used to do something called pincé. And what you do is when you're you know, roasting bones, mm-hmm. you take a little uh, uh, tomato paste and you just brush it on the bones as it's roasting. So I was like, you know, I would love to, ha- I want that complexity. So I added a little tomato sauce mm. to the sauce. And I think I added a couple cloves of garlic, which the recipe doesn't call for. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it took it in another direction. Okay. Now, I think, I think if I had been more patient and more trusting, then when I tasted the sauce, because, I mean, you know, he says it takes a long time. What's a long time, though? Like, how well, how it might have been four hours. <gasps> Lord. Yeah, four oh. hours. I'm just sitting there. Oh Lord, that is yeah. long. So, but so towards the end there, when I wasn't getting what I wanted, I changed it. <laughs> well, we it, liked it. <laughs> well, you know it's really weird though. If you like it so much, then you, you probably shouldn't leave it in the pan all the next day. We ate it the next day. Yeah, well, some of it. So, um, but yeah, you know, so I made that, and that was delicious. Uh, I served it over mashed potatoes, mm. and in hindsight, you know what it would, it would have been great—like um, little roasted uh, asparagus tips. Mm. You know, asparagus tips—that that kind of complexity with a little butter. Oof, you know. I, honestly, yeah. I mean, I love, you know, I love yeah. me a green vegetable. Yeah, absolutely. But it was great. You know what the I want, way it was. You know what I wanted to do though. I wanted to do like a you know, like a standard mirepoix because they already have onion in carrot in there right yeah i was thinking just a couple stalks of celery you know like it's, a sprig of thyme i think i mean maybe that's the thing right so the 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 traditional beef bourguignon is yeah. it, it is not that what you're describing is something that i think is more of a stew i mean like i've had that you know growing well, up kind of thing and i know you've made it with other things yeah. it's more stew like which is fantastic but maybe the the difference with the beef bourguignon is the the, the flavor is a little different, right? I just seem to stop to be. being, uh, you know, stop being a quitter. You know? <laughs> and I need to I need to trust the masters, yeah. you know, and uh, and take and well, you it. need to obviously account for that time, right? Because sometimes yeah. you know you're not you don't have four hours to sit there and yeah. deal with it. Well, so. I, I you know I was I quit I quit I, I got scared, <laughs> you know what I mean. And then I ran, you know, so. Stop being a, mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so next time. Next time I'm going to, you know, follow it to the end. Trust, trust, you know, the people who know. And account, and a lot, a, a certain amount of time. Well, you know, he also did too, which I didn't do, is he got it to a certain point where uh, he wanted to concentrate the flavor. So what he did, he put, he moved everything over to a, a little stock pot. You know, oh. and then let it just percolate over, you know, more time. Wow. But I'll tell you right now, the the consistency of the meat was so good. Oh, yeah. It was delicious. It was so tender and so delicious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's really what I loved about it. Yeah. You know. It was great. Yeah. So. Well, give it another whirl. I'm going to whirl it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so my my version of the Bad Mother Clucka, the Jack Rilla special. Mm-hmm. Uh, is awesome. Coming up soon. Today. I'm going to do that today. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody how you do it? Because oh, oh, it's oh. quite delicious. Well, you know what? Um, I, I just figured, I mean, okay, it's going to be a standard you know, fried chicken, right? And from what I know of people who make a fr- good fried chicken, they always take the, um, they always take the uh, meat and they stick it in a brine, like a pickle, pickle juice, right? And they leave that overnight to absorb all that 
salty goodness, right? Mm-hmm. And then they take it and then they take the um, after they you know take it out and they put it in buttermilk for a few hours to let that cover the the meat. And then they toss it in some flour, seasoning of your choice, really. You know, paprika, uh, cayenne, salt and pepper, you know, things like that. Make yourself a little bit of a, a, a rub, right? And then you just toss it in the flour and then stick it in your fryer, right? So um, that's what I did. And it came out fantastic. Now, I didn't do it skin on. I mean, if, you're, if you want to be reckless, skin on would yeah. be great. But I didn't do that. No, I think for the most part we prefer it skinless. Yeah. So, so uh, this this you know this was thin, and then I took the uh, took some lettuce, some iceberg, and just shredded it up. And in hindsight, what I would should have should have done is to uh, put the the buns on a flat top, right, buttered. You know, oh. And get let them get a little color. Well, you did toast them. Yeah, but see the the toasting versus uh, on the griddle, mm-hmm. you're getting that brown edge yeah right which is which has flavor, flavor. Okay. you know toasting is nice but it, it changes the flavor of the bread but it doesn't give you that little sear okay. right and then um i would i'm gonna what i'm gonna do next time is i'm going to do a kewpie mayo uh chopped pickles and um either sriracha or sambal no check that you know what i used instead of the uh um uh, sriracha i used um Ketchup. No, Joe's, you know, Joe's hot sauce, the wing sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, the wing chili. Okay. Which, you know what, in hindsight, it made it a little thin, the sauce, which I put in a squeeze bottle, but I, 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 I would have liked it to be a little thicker. Really? It was yeah. good. Yeah. I thought it was fine. And then at the end, the pickle. Yeah. But you know what? Delicious. It was so good. Yeah. Well, you also, it's the meat, right? The meat was cooked perfectly and it was so juicy tender yeah well you know and then that's and you learned about frying too because you know frying's you know it's old school but it, you can you can mess it up right you can overcook it right i yeah. mean you're, yeah it, but i i find that if you just fry it to golden brown delicious mm-hmm. pff, it meat's perfect yeah you know you just don't want to overcook it they'll make it too dry so i have some thighs in the refrigerator right now uh just you know sitting in the buttermilk oh you do yeah Oh, so they're ready to go. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for that. <laughs> so uh, the Bad Mother Clucker, Jack Grilla special, is, uh, it's very, nah, every, everything you cook is a little time consuming. There's a steps. Little. It's a lot. You know, steps, you got to buy ingredients, you got to make sure it's all, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like you really do have to plan out your your meals you really there's do. a lot of prep that goes really do. even though you always say oh it's so easy it's so easy no it's not for me if it's more than three steps it's not easy and the fact that if it takes more than 30 minutes it's not easy so for you you know you're taking the time to you know marinate it and do all that yeah. now it's sitting in buttermilk that that takes time it's just and, it's tough to remember you know the thing yeah. about it is too i also don't know like if anybody else is like me but i don't plan my my menu in advance no yeah you don't like i don't go oh you know what next thursday i'm gonna want chinese chicken salad no no you know and i know that some can and do i'm sure a lot of people maybe it's it's the u.s mentality right where you do you really do plan it ahead of time i don't know go to a market who do you know what i'm saying to you is that i know from going to when going abroad when i go 
to, let's just say Mexico or Italy, wherever we've gone, and they shop for the day. They go get their ingredients and everything is shopped for the day, what they decide they're going to make. And they, you know, they get it the day or maybe the day before, whatever. Like you said, if, they're, if it's I, I take think, a little more consu- time I think, consuming. I think for the majority, I think you're right. Yeah. I just, you know. Do you know what else Bourdain said was really, really poignant to me on, on the show? He was saying that, uh, that he was talking about school, right? And how uh, there used to be home ec, right? He was, right. He believes that everybody should cook, right? Yeah. And then he said... Well, you know, back in the day when home ec was popular, it was really, you know, geared towards women. Right. And that um, the little lady, you know, quote unquote, was going to be in the kitchen. Yeah. And it was really nothing more than training uh, for women to take care of their man. Right. Right. And, and then he said, well, and then it, it got killed because, you know, there was like, people were like, well, you know, that's, you know, sexist. Or right. Blah, blah. Right. And instead he should have said, he says, well, instead it should have just been opened up to everybody. It was open up to everyone, and the, well, and the guys that took the course really only took the course just because there was a bunch of girls well, yeah, in there. Yeah, but I mean, when you say open up, I mean, but it should have been like, like the like the military. Like if you, if you're living in uh, Israel, you have a you're you you're mandatory. You're going in the military whether you're male or female. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, so you're you're saying this should have been a mandatory course. One it, of those. it should have been something that you know, like uh, it should be required. Like a, I kind of see your point in that because there are courses now. I mean, I, you know, we have kids going into high school here, and yeah, I don't. I think there are some courses that should be mandatory, and they're not. They're electives. Yeah. But even even I don't even remember when I was in school if I was taught, you know, basics like finances and 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 being able to balance your checkbook and you know, like you said, a basic on on home. Eck, even automotive, a basic, you know, being required to understand a little bit about a car. Granted, now things are different as far as automotive goes, you know, well, we got electric and all this other yeah. stuff going on. But I'm just saying there are things that you're right. You know, as a person, you should probably know some basic things. You know, what I, I don't know if they're taught. You know what I was just saying to the boys this morning? I was saying, you know what? It's sad to me that the fact that you're not in school right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all done on the computer. And yeah. I say, you know what? The thing about the sad part about it is that you're not having the interaction with the normal interaction with kids. Now, in, in, when I was in high school, you know, a certain segment of the of the of the kids, they were distracted by some other kids. You know, the, by way of being, uh, uh, you know, be, uh, picked upon, or uh, you know, a lot of kids are mean and they're like, you know, they're always judging people and and they're doing social just, social, yeah. social media stuff. They're, but they're distracted by uh, the good stuff too, right? Oh, well, I'm interested in this girl. Or I mean, I'm interested is, in this boy. Is distraction good? No. no. So you, what are you there for? But what, what, also, what are you typically in school for? You you know you're supposed to be there for learning, but that's not. I mean, well, no, I understand. I understand. So and it's not. Of course, it's not all of it. But I'm saying that's what you're there for. You're really there to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought it really sad. That they're not there to to learn, but also to find out who they are. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, you try, you get a, a an elective class, and you try ceramics, mm-hmm. and you find out, oh man, this is really something I want to do. Right, and you know, you today, try art, today, you try electrical stuff, woodworking. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You try woodworking. You try uh, electrical. You try uh, automotive. You try. Do they even have that now? I, I don't know. <laughs> but see, the thing is that what does that leave kids to 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 try? What is it? How do they find out what they're really about, mm-hmm. if not for these classes? Right. You know, you, I mean, not everybody is intended to do the same kind of work. Right. You know, some people like physical work. Yeah. Some people, look, I, I, the guy uh, Mike 
at at Holmes, right? Where did the work on my car. He is he did some amazing work on my car. But he didn't go to school to be a mechanic. He mm-hmm. uh, he was uh doing he was in the military. And then he also did uh some psychology work, right? And the reason why he's doing the work he's doing now is because he likes to work with his hands. Mm-hmm. Right? So in a lot of people's minds, like the only kind of work there is to do now is, uh, you know, a computer work or coding or, uh, you know, real yeah. estate or, you know, yeah. Uh, investments. Yeah. For some people. Yeah. That is the work that you should do. But, but there are other, like you say. We need all kinds of people. We do. We do. We were just talking about that. I was talking about that with my brother-in-law, my sister, and just the fact that, you know, they have a son. Um, you know, my nephew, he's really great with um building things and figuring things out and you know just he's just good with his hands as well and he you know my brother-in-law was saying i told him to go into becoming an electrician he's like it's there's there's nothing wrong with being an electrician they make great money and you get to you know figure all these things out people sometimes now like you said you're looking at it going oh well you know you don't need a college degree to be an electrician per se but you know well, it, look, it's I, I, it, there's something noble in everything that you can do it, whatever it is. And if you can become great at whatever trade you decide to go into, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course not. And, 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 and I think, you can make good money. I think the silly part about it is that the way the society has been geared, mm-hmm. it's, it's trying to get everybody to do in the same field of work. It feels like it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be an engineer. Everybody wants to be, uh, uh, you in know, corporate this. America. Yeah. Corporate, mm-hmm. You know, doing, uh, I don't know, marketing. Yeah. No, those are fine. They're great, mm-hmm. but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And yeah. and I think the thing is that when you go to school, you are given the chance to try all these things. And then you may be missing out on finding out what you're really about right. until way too late. Right. Especially, you know? yeah, like in the, like you're saying, in this current situation, this pandemic, not being able to go to school, not being able to try different things, not being able to take a home ec class or not being able to cook. I know there's people out there that do really kids that love to cook, that yeah. love, that really have interest in it. And where are they going to learn that? They're going to have to just try it by themselves at home. And, and the sad part know, about it, too, is that, that they need people to do, go into that industry. But, you know, it's also not a, very, a financially rewarding uh, industry unless you're either a, bu- a restaurant owner yeah. or you are a executive member uh-huh. of the of the, executive of the staff. chef or something but i mean the money is just you know okay it's okay it's not it's, fabulous it's, yeah, it's, you'd or, have to be people like you know these breakout people yeah. right and in some cases it's horrible right yeah. so i think but the people thing- do a lot of things that are you know not necessarily financially rewarding but they are personally very rewarding they love what they do it's just a shame that loving what you do doesn't always yield, you know, the financially, uh, financial freedom. So, you know, the thing about it, I think it's really important that we get this idea that it's that, you know, that there's other things to do and you should uh, explore who you are. I do not believe that uh, this industry for food has been given enough value. I don't think there's enough value in... I mean, who, who was it? There was a guy named Tim Dillon on Joe Rogan the other day. was joking. But he said... You know, they were talking about... Um, you know, they were going to... What are they called? Uh, um, defund the police, right? Everybody's talking about that right now. <sighs> and then they started talking... He says, and as a joke, he says, yeah, uh, we should defund teachers. <laughs> you know? And it was, he's joking. I'm joking, right? But he was like... It was like, you know... No, where is the value? The value seems to be on 
uh, politics, uh, corporate America, you know, the, the computer industry. And I used to be a part of the community. I know that it's a very valuable thing. But there's the, the, only, the only thing that it shouldn't always just be about what everybody else is doing. You got. I think that the, the value is going to come. You make your own value by branching out and venturing out into things that are not being done, like manufacturing. In California, for example, they make it so hard between all the regulations and certificates and all this jazz. They make it very undesirable to manufacture here in America in it's general. Not, I was going to say it's not just California, it's but just I mean, US, California is, California is one of the worst, though. I don't okay? know for for manufacturing. I, I okay. Mean. I, I don't know, but yeah, this what, it, it well, is just, very. <laughs> just look at the idea that you can't fire anybody. I mean, if there's somebody really doing something wrong in the state of California, you need to give them a tri- uh, a trial period. You need to put them on on probation. You can't just say, "Okay, you're fired." You you know, you messed up. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's an oh, at will oh, employment state, so know. it depends on know. how you how you I've, I've put heard, it out in initial con- when you hire them. I've heard I've heard quite a bit from these people who have kitchens that when they want to fire somebody, they oh, got to go through kitchen. this whole. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, it's the same. It's, I mean, it's a lot of jobs like this. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you you have you have you're I think you're you're deterring quality people from going into these industries. By making it either too difficult to do, uh, because you know you, the regulations, or you are uh, not giving them the value that look like. What is the motivation for a, a quality, um, top-notch student to go into teaching? It has nothing. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be financial. Well, it's all no, going to be desire for what they love to do. And that's great. But the thing about it is is that I, I hear stories about teachers who are having to pay for supplies out of their own pocket. Right. And I go, huh? That's, that's the education of, of the minds of tomorrow. And if you're going to be limited by the dollar... Then you're going to be your your interest level will be less. You're going to say, "Well, you know, I simply can't do it because I can't afford it," and that seems criminal. And 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 then you know you take away all the programs such as you know home ec or such as uh, automotive or all these hands on business, hands on things, hands on fields that these the high school kids will never get a chance to to stick their toe in it to find out if they have interest in it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so that that to me is scary. You know, and then if you if you take away all the manufacturing in America, then you you're basically saying, you know, developing your mind, developing an idea, uh, something that you could bring to the world is minimized and mitigated because you know you can't do it in California. You know, like I had to have an idea for a product, and I and I'd love to make it myself, but you know what? It would be it would be so costly mm-hmm. that you know the the alternative is well, just send it to China. Yeah, you know, go ahead, just make one in China. Yeah, and it's you know pennies. I know that's pathetic. Yeah, I, we're so. going down the wrong road because I feel like, well, yeah, I that well, we, I mean, yeah. in the sense that you know, mm-hmm. it's not food related and all. But, but you're right; it, it, we no, I have th- lost th- our th- middle class because we. I think one hundred percent it is is related to food. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, when we talk about not letting these people do home ec, home ec is one hundred percent should be on everybody's palate, no, male, female. You should be required to take it because everybody eats. I'm not. Yeah, Everybody I, I has agree to, with you. I was just talking yeah. about manufacturing. Yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I totally agree. There, we did go on a tangent. Yeah. But uh, as it pertains to education, I mean, the weird part about that is that you know everybody eats, and and I was just referring to the fact that you know, um, it's it, it's such an important thing, and I was just talking to my son this morning. I was like, you know what? If you had to eat a chipotle, you love chipotle, right? Okay, eat there twice a day, eleven dollars for a burrito. You know, mm-hmm. 
And if you had to eat there twice a day, that's $22 a day mm-hmm. times seven. You have 140 bucks ish to eat at Chipotle twice uh, all week. If you go any place now, the food costs are astronomical. When you think about how much it must cost to make that burrito, it's less than a buck. But they're charging you eleven dollars. Well, it's not because depending on the ingredients, so it's really not less than a dollar. Well, well, so, I, I think you know. Let me let me, let me tell you. I think everything is about a buck. Let, let's see it like this: you have black beans, you have corn, you have uh, you have uh, the chicken, you have rice, you have uh, tortilla, you have some salsa, you have guacamole. But let's, oh yeah, well that's probably the most expensive part, right? That's, you know, you, you're, you're having it's all it is is avocado. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like the black beans, the yeah, pennies, I'm not the talking rice. About that. I'm talking but that's about the majority the, of the burrito, though. So I'm saying. The majority of the burrito is the filling, which is the rice, which is the black beans, which is the, the chicken is expensive. Yeah. Not as expensive as you think, though. When mm. you can buy a whole pack of chicken at the market, at a, at a market, and I'm buying one pack, okay, for very minimal. Imagine if you're buying that for a, a restaurant when you're buying it in quantity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know it's going to go down. The prices go down quite but- a bit. And then, you know, you got some cheese, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying... It depends on the quality of your ingredients. The food costs are stupid minimal, mm-hmm. okay? And when you can charge 10 times that amount and make that profit, yeah, it's great for the business. But, I mean, if you're talking about value for money, it's not there. No. You know, and that's, and that's in most right. cases. So if, you, if you teach these people, kids... If you teach the kids when they're young how to do some basic stuff, because those are basic things. Making beans and making rice. Oh, God. That's a basic Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And, and and they say that's actually one of the better combinations. Rice and beans is a great protein. It's got you know, carbs. It's, all, it's the perfect combo. Mm. Rice and beans. Well, and, if, you, if the kids know how to do that, I mean, all you're doing is buying a tortilla and yeah. and filling it up with, you know, and like you said, teach them how to make some basic chicken. Look, yesterday, I was so proud of my son. Yeah, he loves paninis, right? He loves the medianoche. Mm-hmm. And after watching that movie Chef years ago, they got hooked on him, right? Well, you taught him how to make them. Well, right, but they got hooked on him, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, we'd, we'd have to make them. Then you started making them for their lunch. Yep. And that was every day or every other day, right? right? And I mean, it's simple. You got you know, have a roll, nice roll. Mm-hmm. You get your mustard. It's mustard. You don't even care for mustard, but you know, Put mustard on it, a generous mm-hmm. amount of mustard. Mm-hmm. You have some pork. You know, if you have a pork roast around. Uh, if you're, We and, improvise. Yeah, we use other meats. You use what? I use um, ham, Black Forest ham. Yeah. And some Swiss cheese. Yeah. And, and a pickle, and the boys yeah. love it. And, and so, butter, right? And, a good butter. Butter the, out, yeah, the outside of that bun and put yeah. it in the press and done. Beautiful, right? Simple. So I'm outside working, hot day, and uh, it was about lunchtime. And I didn't eat anything, but I came inside and I see him there noshing on the uh, medianoche. Mm-hmm. And I went, huh. I said, Where, you know, who did that? And he goes, oh, I did. I was like, what? <laughs> I was, that was a very proud moment for me. Because mm-hmm. I said, you know, my son will never go hungry. No. I mean, he's, he has learned how to make perfect eggs i mean yeah. like to me i really do believe there is a talent to making eggs no there's way more in it, eggs than you than most people think i know way more people don't really they just you go to a restaurant they make you let's say a scrambled egg and it's like overcooked and rubbery and dry yeah dry. it's just eh. yeah so 
But then for you, him, but, I mean, you taught him how to make a fluffy, wonderful scrambled yeah. egg, and he knows how to make a fried egg, and he knows how to make a dessert. So that boy, you're right; he won't go hungry. He will have his breakfast. He will have his lunch and and um, dinner, and he knows how to make a dessert. That boy can make kettle corn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last night he made kettle corn for everybody. Or no, night before, night last. before last, movie yeah. night, movie night. Yeah. So, but I mean yeah. that that is such a a, a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that you know he he said, okay, look, I want my sandwich. I'm not waiting for anybody to do it. I'm just going to make it myself. I was like, you know, see that. That's the key to life. The key to life in any situation is not waiting for someone else to do it for you. That's You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. Because you know what? The labor costs, I mean, when you pay for anything, okay? You know, you have car work done. You know, I uh, love, you know, mechanics and all. But, you know, they, it's $80, $90, $100 an hour. Maybe more. Yeah. Right? And so that limits your ability to be able to do certain things, right? When you buy food out. You know, yeah, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes you really cannot get the same food at home. You know, yeah, as much yeah. as you try, but yeah. you know, but if you invest yourself and figure it out, you, you can get the same food, if not better. Right. You know, and uh, I was that was just amazing to me, though. And I and I said, okay, that's that's a that that boy is never going to go hungry, and he will always be. And if and you know, those are just the seeds in my mind. That'll he'll grow those seeds. Mm-hmm. He'll start making his own stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll go out and eat someplace, or he'll just think of his own thing, and he'll just develop his own ideas. I just thought that was brilliant. You know, you can't you can't be afraid. And he, look, someone who's been cooking twenty years can still burn food. Okay, <laughs> if you if you just don't pay attention, or if you lose track of some time, you can mess it up. Don't get me wrong. And I've made mistakes before uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the other day. So, um, but you know, the thing about it is, you got to try, and that's anything. You know, and if you're trying, then at least, you know, look, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody does, but you got to try. Yeah. You know, that's the key to life. So anyways, uh, this has been an interesting show. It's our first one back in a while. Uh, We hope you liked it. We uh, hope you tune in and tell a friend and uh, we'll be hopefully doing more soon. Yeah. You need to tell people some of your, um, you know, whatever it is that you make, you need to Give them some recipes and let them know because you are a fantastic cook. So, Well, you know, I, the other day I was out in the pantry and I saw this crock pot. It was brand new in the box. I guess I don't know what happened. I just had it sitting on the shelf there. And I, I put up on, on Instagram, I put up a post and I said, you know, is any, who's, who's making who's making something with this crock pot? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't have, I have a large crock pot and I don't, I've never really been in love with it in all fairness because it's really for making stews, you know. But I know you can make, you know, ribs and chops in there. You can do lots of things with a, a pressure, a time cooker, what they call it, a slow cooker. And uh, the, the, on the ma- on the directions, it says pretty much, you know, you're going to use them for, you know, heating sauces or keeping a fondue or or what's that other one? They, you know, like a nacho cheese or whatever, mm. you know, and, or chocolate sauce. Yeah, mm. keeping them warm. And I said, but there's got to be more to it. And then I went to YouTube and I saw a guy making short ribs, spare ribs. You know, he just took a, a little rack, put him in there, you know, put his seasonings and sauce, covered it up hours later, come back, boom, you got spare ribs. And I thought that was that was awesome. Small amount, you know, just enough for yourself or enough for somebody else. But see, I want, I want to be able to do that. I would love to be able to just, you know, throw a couple ingredients in there, walk away, come back and have something awesome. Mm-hmm. So I was just saying, hey, if anybody knows or if anybody's doing something magical with these things, please uh, go to Instagram, tell us what you're doing. Yeah. You know, we want to do it. We want to do some fun stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to be looking for something fun to do. And, uh, 
I'm going to be posting some, uh, you know, the, what are they called? The mini croc chronicles, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, something like I that. Like and, uh, you know, we'll be putting them up there to see what you know we're doing. So uh, keep, stay tuned for that. Anyways, uh, thanks everybody listening. We'll be doing another show soon. Hopefully you like them. And uh, if you do, go shout us out or, or like us on Instagram or Facebook and uh, tune in, tell a friend that, uh, to listen to the show. All right, guys, have a great day. Be nice to each other. We'll be talking to you soon.